Please do not message or call, as the following program is a rerun of a previous live show. Any announcements made during the repeat may now not be applicable. Assalamu alaikum everyone, and you're listening to Sister Speak on Aspire 105.1 FM. After a very, very long time, you're here with me, Faiza. You're here with me, Mariam. And today we have a very special guest. Do you want to introduce yourself? Hi everyone, my name is Zarish, and I'm here today as a special guest. Yes, and today we will be discussing women, careers and culture, which is very, I'd say, somewhat controversial topic and also interesting fairly good yeah. topic as well but before we do get into that mariam tell everyone what our show is about so our show is a platform for muslim girls to voice their own opinions on current events and issues and even form discussions on general topics such as religion culture politics and social media we want to know that all opinions and views are our own and we respect all other opposing views thank you for that so remember guys when you are listening to our show, please do get in touch with us and join in on our discussion as well. We'd love to know all your thoughts and opinions. So you can uh, contact us by texting in on 0779481822. So you can do that on Facebook or just normal text. Or you can comment under our Facebook live stream. We are live now. Everyone say hi to the camera. <laughs> and now let's get into it. On our show every week, we do something called thought for the week so it's this segment which basically you know something that we've learned something we found beneficial something just a reminder to ourselves first and foremost before everyone else so Zarish since you're our special guest today <laughs> what is your thought for the week um I think my thought of the week would probably be live life to the full extent because you never know what may happen for example if you don't mind me telling you I was actually involved in a really severe accident recently and um I realized that you know I could have lost my life and all I do right now is currently focus on work and education but I should balance that with my social life and try and live it to the best extent because you never know I might not be allowed alive tomorrow Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah yes but interesting though you nearly had a huge really bad accident yeah but alhamdulillah i'm okay now and i'm here today yeah i guess that's what it's all about right it's learning from people's experiences and you know it's just actually valuing um every opportunity that you get you know it's, it's so easy to focus on what you don't have as opposed to what you do have and um as you know our guest said today that you know she's going to live to life to the fullest and this experience has shaped that um so i definitely think that's a very good reminder um my thought, of the, thought of the week? my thought of the week is i guess you can bank some of that is take off every opportunity i mean i think it's so easy to have this um idea in your head that you know when you take an opportunity you should you should have the best results so for example if you want a particular job or you want to go to a particular career which we'll be discussing later on in the show um it's so easy if when you don't actually, you know, like you take the two steps towards your job or your career or your ambition and a hurdle comes along comes um, along the way. It's so easy to become demotivated, but you have to realise that, you know, you had the opportunity to take that two steps and someone yeah. else didn't. You know, someone like who sat, sat at home and didn't go to the interview because you know, they were too scared that they're not they're going to become rejected um and i feel that you know having that mindset that you know just try everything mm -hmm. and try to you know like she said like live life to the fullest 
Um, I think my thought of the week is going to stem from something that I watched recently, and I'm not going to say the name of the person, but it's just this video on a public platform, and it was just reading out, the person was just reading out loads of hate comments. And I don't know if you guys saw... Dina Tokyo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was that just was like horrible. her reading out loads of hate comments, and it's it was kind of heartbreaking to see that, you know, you you know, social media and how toxic it can be sometimes. People can literally write in and say the most horrible and rudest things. And it affects people what you say, you know. And remember, you're going to be held accountable for everything that you're saying as well. So how can you throw out, like, such awful things Mm. and say so many things about a person that you don't personally know as well? Thoughts on social media and the toxicness of it? I think, as you said, even if you personally know someone, there's no, nothing justifies you speaking horribly or, you know, sending hate to someone or even just speaking negatively about them. If, you know, if you don't like a person, it's not your position to go tell them. You can just don't say anything, you know. I think that's the smallest thing you could do, just not speak negatively about about someone. I have a question for you, Zarish, now. Yeah. As, like, being, for example, like, very popular on a public platform... Do you deal with hate? Well, I do deal with de- uh, hate, but to be honest, I just ignore it. I do think so hate derives from... Ignore it. I think it derives from jealousy. They're taking the time out to go on your page, look at your pictures, and then to form an opinion about you and then to comment that opinion. I mean, you know, you are clearly jealous of me. You're interested in my life. You want to be me. So what I choose to do is ignore. You know, that's the best thing to do. And what they want is attention. And if I'm going to give them that attention, they'll never stop. Yeah. So the best thing to do is just ignore and just say, wow, I've got another fan. <laughs> <laughs> but well, why is that? You know, you've got another fan. Fair enough. I think it's a lot, especially because if someone's reading those kind of comments and it's about them as well, it takes a toll on the mental health. Because do you ever think about those the hate comments or anything? There have been times where I've obviously received comments and it has been hurtful, but then, again, I just ignore it. Ignore it. Um, yeah, there have been some horrible comments made to me. I do have quite a lot of followers on Instagram and, you know, when I've heard those comments, I've gone back and spoken to my sisters, even my parents. But with me... Because I'm so busy with my life, I just don't let it get to me. And again, I just stick to the my, um, you know, I just stick to the point that I just ignore it. To yeah. a, you know, it's fine. Which is the best way, I guess. Ignore yeah. it. I think you know, fighting fire with fire, it's not worth it. What are you going to gain at the end of the day, especially with people like that? You know? I know. And half of the time, the people that are making these spiteful comments of you, they have no lives. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but I think all in all. But Dina Tokyo's video. Broke my heart. It was like 45 minutes. Yeah, and it's kind of heartbreaking to see the amount of things that people would say, though. Yeah. And it kind of came from her own community. Yeah. We are the ones that are supposed to support, like, each other, as Muslims as well. Exactly. Really sad. Yeah. But all in all, I think, especially when it comes to social media, you know, be careful, just be wary of everything as well. Don't involve yourself in that kind of... Hate culture. Yeah. Because what are you going to gain out of it? And those involved as well, just remember everyone's going to be held accountable for what you say on social media, everything you post, everything, like, you know, you like, comment, everything, basically. So just be wary of that. So I think thought of the week's all done. So now we're getting into the main, what, biting point of our whole show. So our show is 
today is on women, careers and culture, which can seem quite broad. So culture overall can be very... Controversial? Yeah. Yeah. Quite controversial because there are certain things, everyone has different opinions on culture. And remember, everything we we are saying now is our thoughts and views and and opinions. However, if anyone else wants to comment as well, please do let us know your thoughts, views and opinions on everything that we will be discussing, um, especially to the girls out there since it's women, careers and culture as well. Please do join in our conversation. 0779 uh, You can text or WhatsApp us in or you can even comment on our Facebook live stream, which is live right now as well. So just say hi, guys. Hi. <laughs> so let's start with... Female stereotypes in job roles, because mm. I think that's like a huge factor that we need to consider, especially now, because I feel like even now and we're in 2019 and we're still facing this stereotypical views and the culture against, you know, females doing certain jobs. Yeah. So what are your thoughts overall? Have you ever dealt or experienced or heard of anything to do with, you know, women should be doing these kinds of jobs and not other jobs? Because plainly, because they're women. Yeah, well, I wouldn't like to name the person in particular. There's been a few. Um, But I still remember a couple of years ago, I was doing, um, because I'm currently a trainee solicitor. And I was, um, I always wanted to be a barrister. And I was shadowing really big barristers and QCs um, in court. And what happened was, um, I was advised really badly by these barristers. They all advised me to not go for the bar route, rather go for the solicitor's route, because bar is a job for women, uh, for men, not for women. And I think that is such a stereotype. But at that time, I wasn't in. I was new in the legal profession. I said maybe he's right, maybe they're right. So I decided to go the solicitor's route. Not to say I don't enjoy being a solicitor. I love my job, but. I do regret listening to that negative advice. You know, you're always stereotyped. Oh, if you're a woman, you can't be a barrister. You can't represent in front of a court. You uh, People wouldn't find you comfortable. Yeah, or there's that stereotypical view you'd get too emotionally invested in. Yeah, and all of that as but well. But the thing is that we do need more women barristers. There's more representation of us. So if we have a legal case, we'll feel like like a woman barrister, would we will resonate with her as opposed to a man. And sometimes you do need emotional intelligence to understand people. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you're representing human beings. You're not representing a specific gender. So in that case, I would argue that, you know, having representation in the law field, especially in regards to, um, is it called the bar? Yeah. The bar, I think women are really, really like, they're really, what's the word? They're really important. They're really important. <laughs> yeah. But the sad reality is, is that, um, you know, majority of the people think, if a man is representing you in court, they're going to come across as more fearful, intimidating, mm. more powerful, more authoritative. So they would rather go to a male barrister. Is that stereotypical view that, you know, women are the weaker? Well, n- n- I don't believe that personally, but yeah. obviously I represent clients on a daily basis and I've previously worked places and I've seen clients' opinions. They've, you know, always opted for a male barrister as opposed to a women barrister. And it's quite mm. sad, but yeah. it's the reality and so I have a question because I don't really know anything about law. Yeah. Are the judges mostly male or female? <laughs> Males. Males. Unfortunately. Literally. So, you know, it's yeah. all. Uh, so, law is a male dominated <clears throat> field. Do you know, I think it's quite. I think there's more female so, solicitors, though. Yeah. I think there's a lot of stereotype when it comes to 
um, women in careers as well. Because think about it, we have that first stereotype of being a woman. And then on top of that, being an ethnic minority as well. And a religious minority as well. Exactly. On top of that. And it's just like all yeah. of these crossover of different stereotypes that you have to deal with. Mm. And like, for example, what are your thoughts and opinions on things like, you know, those listening as well, please do join in our conversation. But, you know, women being told to go down the whole routes of like, for example, doing teaching as opposed to like engineering or something in sports or journalism. Well, personally, my thoughts on that, obviously I would say, (laughs) again, that's that's completely stereotyping. And... um, you know, I think a woman should always do what she thinks she's good at and shouldn't listen to other people's opinion. I, you know, I've obviously been there, done that. I've had advice. Don't be a barrister, be a solicitor. And mm-hmm. I fell into that trap. Although, you know, I wouldn't say I fell into that trap because I can always go ahead and become a barrister if I wanted to be. Um, my thoughts are just going to be follow your heart. If you think you are good at it, then stick by it. But what about... It's our culture. You know, when you mm. when you said, don't listen to those people. I think it's, it's a social it's a responsibility as our generation to kind of inform the generation after us and even amongst ourselves that culture that, you know, to positively encourage each other to pursue specific ambitions that are not culturally, like, accepted. Because you have to understand from our perspective, you know, we were born and raised in this country, mm. so we have all this resource and information and we can, you know, we can determine whether there's, you know, safety, all the safety issues, we can, like, distinguish that. Whereas our parents, they they came new to this country, they immigrated, they, they have that fear and it's that uncertainty that, you know, creates that fear. And it's, it's our responsibility to kind of, you know, lend that hand and, explain to them that you know this is our ambition and Mm -hmm. you know we're representing you know our religion our cultures um in doing the ambitions that we want to do you know (coughs) imagine having you know um muslim girls um you know or even asian girls in working uh, pacific fields of course our culture our people are going to be the most proudest that look at these girls that they're doing you know they're doing good for the community and you know it's not like you know, this is my own opinion. You can argue all you want that, you know, and like uh, Muslims are empowered and Muslim women, they're given the most rights. But if you don't allow them to infiltrate every sector, then how are we going to represent ourselves? That's you know? true. That, that is all about, um, you know, showing yourself, showing your character. And if you don't have a platform to do that, then how are we going to, you know, invite people? Exactly. And unless you show it, they won't believe it. You need to start showing it. Definitely. So I agree with that. Yeah, completely. So what I, I want to ask you a question. What yeah. advice would you give to a person that's studying law? Um, maybe she's doing her A-levels or GCSEs and they're uncertain about the field. Like, what advice would you give that if they want to pursue something that is like culturally or relig- culturally like unaccepted? Like, for example, being a barrister or something, what would you suggest? I think my advice here would be, um, obviously, focus on uni, get all the work experience you need. Show your parents. Your parents are the most important Mm. people in this world. So if you're doing well, whether you're getting work experience, voluntary experience or paid experience, if you're doing well in that legal field, you're learning new things, then who? why does anyone else matter? Because when you're at the top, they'll be looking up at you and they'll be wishing that it was them. So my advice would be, obviously, focus on your education, but do, you know, as as a person that's been a legal law student, get a lot of experience, do a lot of work, work hard. And um, even if you have to work free and um, get that experience, because that experience will be invaluable. It will be priceless and it will really, really help you in the future. And then um, this is how you'll get far in your life. At a very young age, you'll see yourself um, 
you know, doing the very best that you are doing. And and then those people that were obviously putting you down, say, for cultural reasons or for whatever reasons, they will then obviously realise that they were wrong. Do you guys think that there's, I don't know, a saying or a thing as being too ambitious when choosing a certain career? Maybe because the funding isn't there or maybe because, of course, cultural reasons again. Mm or just because you're a woman of ethnic minority and a religious minority? Okay, Um, well, too ambitious. I don't think there's anything such thing as too ambitious. You should always aim for the best, aim for the highest you can. Um, You know, for example, funding. There's obviously um, loads of ways you can overcome that um, hurdle. Um, Cultural reasons, as long as you have supporting parents, and again, it comes back to the point if... If, for instance, you're being deprived, like, say, for instance, your parents, you know, Asian parents want you to get married young or would rather you get um, married once you've done a normal, once you've done an undergraduate degree, oh, it's time for you to get married. Well, in that, in those, you know, it's your life. If you think you're capable of doing something more, then um, say, no, I won't. And I want to do this and I will do it. And then again, when you've done, you know, when you've achieved what you wanted to achieve, your parents will then realise. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, another advice would be you can always get married at a young age, but then continue with your education. Do not put your education at stop. And if you want to be not even a solicitor, not even a barrister, anything you want to be, yeah. you can if you're really motivated, even if you're married, even if you've got kids. If you want it, you can do yeah, it. Like if you put your heart to it, you can yeah. actually do it. Literally, you'll literally be unstoppable. Yeah. Because it's something that you're so set on and something that you want and I think that's why it's really important that you know when it comes to choosing careers and things like that especially for girls don't just think oh yeah my career is going to be over because when I get married I'm just going to stay at home like move away from that stereotype because I think I don't know how many people have heard it but it's just like you know there's that whole well girls in particular have heard that whole saying that you know when you're married you're not going to have time to be working all the time and yeah but you like I have a working mom she does both family and work like there's no reason as to why you can't do both especially if your heart's set on it and it's something that you want to do that's why when you're choosing you know what kind of career you want to go into pick something that you want to do that you like and you'll enjoy I think um, with that I would say as well because it's so easy especially I feel like you know, this is my own opinions. I feel culturally people, okay, you want to you wanna do a specific ambition, you want to do a specific um, career, but they just look at the the money that comes with it. Like, if the wages is good, then go for that. But I feel like that is not the most... Um, I don't think it's the most... the best idea, to be honest, because if you don't like something and you do it just for the wages or the money or the finance, then you are not going to work above and beyond. You're going to settle for that one job. And mm-hmm. I feel like if you, for example, um, if you want to become a teacher, I know like in terms of academic, um, in terms of career fields, not many people respect teachers, but I have the most respect for yeah, the I working, the working field because well. they, they are, they're cultivating the future generation. I think they have, they deserve the most respect. But if you want to become a teacher and, you know, your family is saying to you, you know, it's not, you know, you have more potential because you can get more wages. I would say to go with what your heart says. And if you want to become a teacher, you'll you'll strive to, you know, work even above that. So you might become a head teacher or you might work for different schools. But if you if you go for a career that, you know, 
only sat- satisfies you in terms of finance, you're just going to st- <coughs> stick yourself to that and you'll never move up and you'll yeah, never feel yeah. happy. I mean, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to give you money, but it's going to cost you your mental health. It's going to yeah. cost you your happiness. And you need to, those two things are more valuable than finance because you have money, money comes and goes. So should being a wife or a mother stop a woman from pursuing her ambitions or certain careers? I think if you have that conversation with your partner before you even get married and, you know, saying that this is what I'd like to do. um, And of course, you know, you you are taking a different, you know, course of your life if you're going to get married. Of course, there's more responsibilities for you. But it doesn't mean you need to abandon, you know, your, you know, existing commitments. So I think it's just about, you know, collaborating with the person you want to get married to, and you are married to, in terms of what works before, um, what works best for both of you. Yeah. I think yeah. that's what that's what's missing. I feel like, you know, when you get married, you you act as separate entities. It shouldn't be like that. You're collaborating. You know, you're one partnership. You should be able to. Both of you should be able to pursue your careers and your ambitions. But it doesn't mean that you, you know, re- reduce your Uh, existing commitments yeah and also you know um if your husband's not supportive of your career then you know you should try and make him see why you should be for example before you get married obviously like you like you said have that conversation with him Mm -hmm. have that conversation with his family because obviously his family is always his family is always going to be part of your marital life so you should make it clear that you want to continue with your career as long as you're doing something that makes you happy and you feel like you're making a difference you know it's good for you Again, um, like you said earlier, I'd like to add on about um, the wages and the salary. I do. I would like to add on to that. Remember, um, that's completely correct. Don't do a job for the money because you actually end up spending more time at work than at home. You're at work nine, ten hours a day, and then the only time you get at home is weekends. By the time you come home after work, you want to go to sleep anyways. So always do something that you actually enjoy and um, once you're married if you if you're going to stop if you're going to stop your um, education or you're going to stop your work because your husband's not happy with it are you going to be happy with it you should always put your mental health before because that's really important so um, I agree with what you said everything you just said now and um, that's my thoughts on it and again to the money thing as well (coughs) money comes and goes and not gonna lie if you're gonna be chasing money the rest of your life where are you gonna get Exactly. So choose the right career. Choose the one that you want to go into, not what the culture says. Like, you know, being a teacher, like, you know, be a teacher because then you'll have holidays and you can spend time with the kids kind of thing. But, you know, when you can be a lawyer, you can be a doctor, you can be anything you want to be i think i feel like you know like I, I've, I've heard people say that you know be a teacher so you can have holiday with the kids but then if i'm a teacher before marriage and you know i can i can if i really want to make it work and i love what i do then i can make my profession work around my children so and then there's a thing that you can um, mark uh, past papers and that's in the holidays so you you can you can like if you really want to do something you'll find alternative routes and i feel like you, people don't want to think outside the box they just want to go with the path or the avenue that's set for them you need to create your own destiny you need to create your own career line it's, and don't it's not, get influenced by culture don't get uh, I agree. Yeah. I don't think you should but be. have you but I, I would say respect it respect your yeah. culture because that is part of your parents what they've with what they've come uh, wherever they come from of and, course and have that understanding yeah. with them but have ever like have you two ever been influenced by your culture in making certain decisions I would say I've I've like 
is the culture. So yes or no? No, 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 no. Yes. No, I think yes. we should just. Yes. I think oh, should... Let's just be honest. Yes, I have. I guess so. Yes, then. Yes, but in, <clears throat> in what sense? Have you been influenced career-wise? Yes and no. As in the stereotypical, be a lawyer, be a teacher, be a Well, okay, if I'm going to be perfectly honest with you, I can't believe I'm about to say this live, but um, I was actually a very naughty child in school. I've, unfortunately, I've been, um, you know, kicked out of three, four different schools. And um, I didn't want to go to uni. I had no interest in uni or um, wanting to be a solicitor or anything. My father actually said to me you're going to uni it's starting tomorrow you have to go I um you know I was kind of forced into doing a degree um I'm not saying it was a bad idea because um yes I was pushed into it it was a cultural thing look where you are now you're trainee solicitor yeah doing a training contract (laughs) yeah thanks to my dad but um at the time obviously I was culturally pushed that like it was the norm to get a degree then you know get married you have to go to uni and make your parents proud yeah but the job thing wasn't there exactly but now obviously I don't regret it so yeah I was pushed into it but now obviously um I actually ended up loving it and that's why I went far but um so that in that sense yeah I was culturally pushed um Mariam do you want to just quickly briefly touch on it before we head off I don't have anything like uh and how I like but I think go on. Do, do you want to no. uh, just go <laughs> <laughs> no because we have like 40 seconds to the adverts but then um, let me just quickly add then like like she said um culturally like there is a trajectory that you should go to university, mm-hmm. but look at her now, mashallah, she's very, you know, oh, she's you. working very hard towards her career and ambition. Yeah. So I think that's what I'm saying, you should respect your culture because your parents obviously want to do it for yeah. your happiness, so you just have to kind of choose your battles. Exactly. Like, yeah. do you regret any of it? I I don't regret anything. I really am glad my dad made me do this yeah. now, obviously. Otherwise, I don't know what I'd be doing right now, but yeah. yeah. But we'll continue this conversation after the break. Please do join us on Facebook Live. Make sure you are commenting Text us in so we can discuss even more. So join us in a couple of minutes after the break. Assalamualaikum. You're listening to an Inspire FM podcast, making available our popular programs from our daily broadcast on Inspire FM. Assalamualaikum, everyone, and welcome back to Sister Speak on Inspire 105.1 FM. And you're here with me, Faiza, Mariam, and our special guest, Zarish. Wave to the camera, guys. So um, just before the break, we were just speaking about women, careers and culture. And we're going to be discussing the rest of that for the rest of the show. So remember, in order to um, get involved in the discussion, we'd love to know your thoughts and opinions. Or if you have any questions, we'll try and answer them to the best of our abilities. <laughs> Text us in on 0779481822. Or you can WhatsApp on 0779481822. Or you can comment on our Facebook live stream. Wave again, guys. <laughs> so, yeah, please do let us know um, any thoughts, opinions, views, questions you have as well. We'll answer them. So, just before the break, we did get a question in on our Facebook live stream, and uh, it's translated <laughs> to if once you get married, once you get married, um, what was the. Once you get married, um, if your mother-in-law is strict, what would a, a daughter-in-law do? Yeah, so once you get married, if the daughter, in, if no. the mother-in-law is strict, what would the daughter-in-law do? Yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. I, I, Sorry, I can't nice. translate <laughs> properly. So um, thank you to Malik Osam Yuku for that question. So 
answers? What would you do if your mother-in-law is strict? I think this goes back to the point. Before you get married, make sure you know the family, speak to the family beforehand. If you're fa- if the family have are willingly accepting you before marriage as a working woman, as a career-orientated woman, and then later on they have a problem with that, then your husband should be supportive. Mm-hmm. That's not to say disrespect at all, but, you know, um, your mother-in-law should always be supportive of um, what you want to do, especially if she knew this is your working life uh, before you got married. Obviously, you do need to make sure you juggle your uh, working life and your uh, personal life as well. So when you're married, you should obviously look after your mother-in-law just like your own mother. You should spend time with her as much as you can. Of course, it's not like now when you're single, you can just go home and go to sleep because your parents are always there. You should give that time to your mother-in-law. And I do understand the frustration that she may have if she's strict. But uh, working-wise, if she's okay with you get uh, before your marriage, you working, then she shouldn't have a problem after. And if she does, then you need to have yeah. that serious conversation with her and your husband and try and sort it out I and resolve say, like, it. Lay your cards out on the table. Yeah. Literally put everything on the table. What you want, the compromises that you'll want yeah. to make, whether it's work-wise. Don't let the peer everything. pressure get to you and don't and let it influence like, you. That you can't say anything because then they'll disapprove of you or yeah. something like yeah. that. Just whatever you do, just lay everything out on the table. It's easier like that if everything's just out in the open rather than it being kind of like... Yeah, because if you if you say, okay, fine, um, mother-in-law, I won't work, then later she might say, I don't want you to go to your mother's house. Then what? Yeah. Do, you, do you know what I'm saying? You, yeah. If you if you um, agree to one unacceptable term, then it will, be, um, more more it will be more and more and more. It will just be them taking advantage of you. There's nothing wrong with working, especially if you were working before marriage. So you need to lay your cards out on the table. But I have a question for both of you. What if you're already married and you didn't lay the cards out? and you're in this situation where your mother-in-law is strict, how would you guys respond? We can only advise because we're not married. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah that's true. We're not married. Um, but what would you advise? But I would I would suggest situation? that, end of the day, you, your mother-in-law is a human being. And to human being, to human being, just think, you know, why is she, you know, reacting this way? Try to understand her, you know? I feel like sometimes it goes back down to culture, though. Because it think is down about to it. culture, them, definitely. Like, you know, being in this generation, you know, brought here and everything. Yeah. You know, something that I've learned like recently is, um, and I, I went to conflict training, when someone reacts in a way and, you know, it's unacceptable or, you know, they make you do things that, you know, like force you to do something that you don't want to do, it means one of their needs are not being met. So just just think about it, you know, what, what is like not happening in their life that they would like to do? Maybe they, they have frustration or maybe mm. they, they haven't been fulfilled in one way. What is it that's, you know, making them feel like they, they want to take someone else's, you know, um, not desire, but their needs. Mm. So just just think about that's it. That's actually really um, uh, smart. And didn't think of that. I'll use that now. Yeah, just <laughs> that's I'm not gonna ever lie. I actually learned that from AXA in the way she talks. That when I first came to this radio show, one yeah, one of our presenters, okay. she she said, you know, when someone treats mistreats you, you should look. You should try to understand where they're coming from. And I think that's something that really resonates with me because if someone is mistreating you, that means one of their needs are not being f- fulfilled, or something has happened, and that's why they. You know, human beings are not born evil. They're not. So just try to understand them. I'm not saying it's acceptable for them to treat you that way, but just try to understand them and try like to where res- they're coming from. Where they're coming from and try to respond accordingly. And of course, you know, if you if you have faith, you know, and you keep believing in Allah, Allah will definitely soften the person's heart yeah. because you're being rightful and you're you're treating them with kindness. You know, there's so many people that didn't like the prophet, but he was still able to spread the message. Why? Because he was kind. Yeah. I think that's what it all boils down to. A question uh, from Mediha Aslam Salman. <laughs> 
She said, whose responsibility is it to look after the children if both parents are at work? It's people, our parents, obviously, both the parents. Both the parents. Yeah, because at the end of the day, especially, I would say in this generation, you know, the parents, are, children are not going to think gender roles. They're not. They're going to think, why didn't my dad spend time with me? Why didn't my mom spend time with me? It's going to be both. They don't see it as... Um, oh, it's my mom who's only supposed to be looking after me. My yeah. dad's supposed to go to work. Mm. Yeah, it's it's not that. But in, during, you know, our parents' generation, that was something very acceptable. And, you know, it worked. You know, we're not supposed to raise the generation the way we were raised. It's going to be different for our the generation afterwards. Yeah. So you have to be, you know, you have to move with the times. You have to move with the ideology. And you have to move with, you know, how your children are going to think. And uh, what I'd like to say to Madiha is that when both parents are working, you know, again, go back to your point, um, it's it's the duty of both the parents to look after the child. The child wants to spend um, time with both the parents. Um, You know, you shouldn't allow your husband to be okay with you making all the sacrifices because, again, it goes back to the point of he'll start taking advantage. You both should take equal part in raising your child because you don't want your child to grow up not having to spend that much time, not have spent that much time with your father or not having spent that much time with your mother. He should have a balance of both. So, um, you know, know, um, it's not just a mother's job. Yeah, it's not the mother's job. And, you know, what happens when, you know, you have one, you know, when you don't, when you're deprived of one parent's love, the children go outside and they go to bad influences yeah. and, and they try to search for that emptiness when you can fulfil that. It's your job to fulfil that. True. Now, this is like a going back and forth kind of thing, but obviously we are talking about women, career and culture. Now we're going back to the career side of things. Mm-hmm. We did get, I think it was a call-in from someone who just wanted some advice, which I think, Zaris, you would be out for in this, when especially, for example, you know, they've been doing they've done all the necessary courses and things they needed to do for example you know with the bar you do the bptc that's it and then you'd have to go and find your pupillage yeah uh or solicitors you know do the lpc finding a training contract you know the difficulty it is oh there's so much i completely understand um i'm not going to name people but i know so many people that have actually done their lpc degree or bptc degree and they're struggling to find a training contract or a pupillage and um you know um my advice would be again i was really fortunate um if you apply for a training contract, you'd see 99% of the firms want a LPC graduate. But I actually got it whilst doing my LPC. And the advice I'd give, the reason how I got it is because I um, started working at firms for free for um, from a very young age. I did as much work experience as I could, did all the job, I did a lot of uh, experience, got into contact with agencies, got good jobs, did a lot of free work experience, did a lot of degrees, worked hard and uh, do a lot of vocational schemes. Go to firms and do those summer schemes that they have. That will attract you because obviously, remember, those employers are just humans. They can see from your CV how much effort you've put into your career. So, you know, if, you can't, if you're struggling to find a pupillage, you need to make yourself stand out and the only way you can do that is show them how much work experience you've done, how much vocational schemes you've done so advice will be stick at it stick get good grades keep doing work experience and um, believe me you will find a pupillage don't give up believe me you'll find a training contract because you know I didn't expect to find it until I graduated but I found it before I graduated yeah so So, don't give up and do loads of work work experience unfortunately with legal career it's such a competitive um field everyone's doing law these days everyone so what you have to do you have to 
show that you're better than other people um you know you have to be competitive unfortunately you have to show that you're better than others and the only way you can do that is by doing a lot of work experience expose yourself go to networking events do show but you know get get links connect with big yeah. people so networking yeah is networking is important definitely key because i yeah. think once you spark a conversation and even generally as well in any job you know like when you go to networking events or anything like that you can find people from a whole different range of careers whether it's to do yeah. with medicine and pharmacy or even teaching and even like history <laughs> yeah, like, or anything like that that's, that's really true because you know when I first started my degree I was really interested in creative writing and I still am and you know it's again that's kind of a cultural thing to think that's very a very um it's not very tangible kind of career that you mm. can do because it's just very abstract but Again, I went to. I was so interested in. I went to loads of events. I went to a networking event, and I went to this um, event where they published their first literary zine. So a zine is like a magazine, literary magazine, where they have pictures, poems. It's all creative stuff inside one magazine, and but it's very contemporary. And I went there, and I really loved the concept of it, and I networked. Um, and because it was their first, and I showed a lot of support for it, and it was students from SOAS mm. who started this initiative, and it was Muslim, Muslims. So I was like, wow, like they they created this platform for Muslims to, Muslim creative Muslims to put their work out there. Alhamdulillah, next year I got published in my first literary oh, wow. design. Wow, So it, networking is really important. Yeah. If you really want to do something and you're really interested, just just go for it. Go to networking events, as she said. Do everything in your capacity to, you know, reach what you want to do. There's so many opportunities That's out true. there. We just we just too we shy away from yeah. Yeah. You know, grabbing them. I think it's sometimes unfortunate as well because certain, for example, like certain degrees get downplayed. Like there's this, you know, the typical ones that you know you should be doing. So whether it's law, medicine, dentist, engineering, yeah, yeah. IT, English language yeah. and lit, and then it's like other like degrees and stuff that you sh you shouldn't really do or if you don't have a degree then like you know you're completely struck off and yeah. it's like the worst thing ever how would you deal with these kinds of you know these stereotypes then especially if someone like you know you want to pursue it but maybe family is not all for it how would you deal with it because these are the things that in our culture you know some of us have to fight and i know a few people who have to literally not literally fight but like you know have to fight for their right to go to uni fight for the right to like you're even living out for university mm. as well like it's like you know you can go to university but like can't travel here this time can't travel there this time yeah. can't live out you know that kind of stuff i think it's just to be persistent because one yeah. of my friends in university i met him i told Fiza actually i met him on the second day of university and he's got a massive following on instagram he's a like a poetry like artist or artist he, he writes poetry and his parents were really against him because you know he's a man why is he writing poetry so he's an asian he published his first book in his first year he was wow. on islam wow. channel last yesterday wow. so he and he he represents like charities and he yeah. goes to all these events and you know he, mashallah he's really up there and his mom was the most proudest mm. when he brought home his first book Aww, and, and it's, so culturally it's very uncertain isn't it yeah. oh, why is my son doing poetry that's that's not very, you know, masculine. Yeah. But now she's the one promoting his book. Oh. So, you know, it's just being persistent. You know, if you do what you love and you'll actually reach your goals. And, yeah. and I think... You know, we're really lucky. We live in England. We've got a lot of support. We've got student finance. We've got yeah, all these true. grants. We've got all of this. 
if not even your parents, if someone's pushing you um, away from education, you've got all of this support. You've got student finance loans, grants, you've got scholarships, all of that. If you really want it, you can do it. Don't let people uh, dictate your life because they are not going to be, they're probably not even going to be there for you when you're 30 or, you know, um, down the line when you're trying to build a future for yourself. So, um, you you know, utilise all that support we've got in the UK. You know, UK is a wonderful country and it provides us with so much privileges so always like utilize everything that we've been offered yeah true i think that's the hard thing a lot of people sometimes you know they don't realize how much access they have to certain things and that could be so helpful for them yeah and also what i wanted to touch base was on you know how you were saying how your friend like you know um how they would be like you know what kind of career is this for females it's like or, you know, why is she going into engineering? Isn't that like a man's role? And like you said with the barrister yeah. thing, like that's a man's role. Do you think we'll ever overcome those stereotypes? I don't think we'll over, ever overcome it, but we'll mitigate that misconception. I think it will reduce because we'll we'll be more um, you know, attacking these stereotypes and we'll try to you know represent ourselves in those fields. So once we start infiltrating them and representing ourselves, I think, you know, there'll be a different perception slowly, slowly, because it's all about education. If... If we have set ways of a set ideology that this career is not for a particular gender, then of course, you know, if that's going to be maintained and sustained, then of course people are going to continue to think that. But if you start to, you know, attack it and start to, you know, allow people to break that misconception, then slowly, slowly people are going to, you know, see that mm. actually this is okay for, you know, our children to go into. Yeah, and um, I do think, uh, yeah, I I don't think we'll ever get rid of that, um, you know, especially in our Asian community, but um, I do think it's getting a lot... Um, you know, it's, it is becoming calmer now. Um, you know, people are seeing that um, there's like... Because oh, there was recently, um, an, I think it was a journal, where there, um, the, um, there are more female solicitors in the UK than there are... Um, Males and uh, majority of them were Asian uh, Pakistani women. I was really proud to uh, see that, Yay. and you know, seeing <laughs> that, um, seeing that, I do think in our it's culture, like a huge boost. yeah, it's a huge boost. And obviously, the um, uh, in our culture, they're seeing that. Oh, look, they are actually doing something good with their life. They are get, getting somewhere something far with their, with their life. You know, they're, they're <laughs> like what, other than getting married. <laughs> yeah, no, don't get married. Don't get married, guys. <laughs> Until you. That's her own opinion. <laughs> No, get married, but um, when um, when you feel like you're ready to get married, don't get forced into marriage, and that's that's what I'd say. That's another whole topic, especially culturally. <laughs> yeah, but I think overall, so we won't over overall will we overcome these stereotypical views and opinions? Not fully, no. On women and marriage not fully unfortunately in my personal opinion i don't think we will but it is um it is going to get um it is reducing more and more on every women day and marriage. on women uh, and, careers and marriage. yeah yeah because yeah, of all the achievements that uh, women are now doing you know it's all it's becoming quite viral now i think it's quite important for men to re- support their the women in their life that are like attacking the stereotype and you know she, you know your wife went to d- like school, she went to do her degree. Mm, yeah. They support her. Like that. She's their role model for your hard kids. Work, and especially the money as well that's gone into that as well. That's another thing. Yeah. Because you have to remember, I always say to my mum, like Khadija radiallahu and her, she is my role model because she was you know, the princess of Makkah. She was the best businesswoman. Then you have the other prophet wife. She was the best scholar. Like we yeah. have amazing mm. role models. But for some reason, our community, and this is my own opinion, and this is what I feel, 
um, I feel like our community does not allow women to flourish because, you know, they think that, you know, this, like, it's just, I feel like it's because of culture, you know, they don't yeah. want to see women flourish because they're scared that they're going to be, you know, quote unquote westernized or, or you know that that's they're gonna sub be subjected what will to people say yeah. Yeah. what, what will people, people say <laughs> or it'll be like oh they're gonna become corrupted they're gonna move away from their yeah. religion or they're gonna become like like you said too westernized yeah or they're gonna move away from their religion but you know you get angry when people say yeah. that women are oppressed but you don't allow them to showcase what they're capable yeah. of because so, you think that you know you're fearing that they're becoming too westernized but remember you're in the UK as well it's and not it's even, all about trust as well that's your own family your own daughters your own sisters you know like, the idea of westernized i feel like you're scared that she, her culture is going to go away but ultimately in my opinion i i definitely don't really assign that much myself to culture it's mostly yeah, it's religion religion mm. over culture completely so you know and it's quite ironic sometimes because when you follow religion and it disregards culture you're becoming westernized but really you're following religion like religion yeah. empowers you and it yeah. allows you to flourish and it tells you to you know gain knowledge and we have so many role models religiously as well like yeah of look, course look at all the prophets wives and look at the prophets like you know how much they can all achieve and look at and why can't we do the same we should encourage our wives our sisters our daughters to you know pursue their ambitions pursue that of course it's in the field of islam because there's there's a reason why there's guidance is to make sure that you know you're safe yeah. you know it's to empower you it's, we have so many rights but unfortunately you know i feel sometimes that our rights are taken away because of cultural thinking yeah. and i think that's the problem where the problem derives yeah. from thoughts on what will people say the lovely phrase <laughs> you shouldn't think about what people will say you should think what god will say because tomorrow yeah. if you die uh, uh, you're not gonna you know the way you dicta dictated your life what people are not gonna save you from the hell of fire it's it's just gonna be you you, you should have thought of what Allah's gonna think of yeah. you, not what people would say you yeah right. basically that um you know you shouldn't care about other people's opinion as long as you think you're doing the right thing and as long as your parents are okay with it um you know you shouldn't care and just think what would um think about the hereafter think about god what would allah say and that's that's all that should matter yeah. don't care about what people will say but it's a cultural thing would you ever okay in the future do you have certain because the way we've been brought up now compared to the way our parents have been brought up, they raised yeah. us a certain way. Now, the way we raise our children, uh, would you do it a completely different way or the same way? Or? I think, it, as I said before, you can't raise your kids the way you are raised because it's a different generation. Yeah. yeah. So you have to be Would there be certain mindful. things that you'd keep? Of course, when it turns on culturally. religion. Culturally, you'd have to, you know, assess the situation at the time, you know? <laughs> Would you ever have the whole, that, that idea of the whole, what will people say, though? No, because that's against Do you think you ever come across that with, a, with your child? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, so long as the Asian community exists, that, that ideology is going to exist. But if you're but strong... Would, do you think you would ever, at any point... No, because I would be conscious that, you know, if if I take away my child's right, Allah's watching me, so I'd be conscious, like, okay, wait, um, if I if I do that, then I'm enforcing that, what would people say, above God's power? That's, 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 the, that's the reality. Yeah. You're putting people before, you know, above God, and that's, like, the worst thing you can do. And as long as you've raised your child, you know, with good discipline, good manners and uh, knowing about their religion, um, what will people say shouldn't matter? Because you know that you've raised your child to be a good person, sure. to be a good Muslim, and um, you should trust your child over what people will say. Yeah. So, yeah. so when it comes to the careers, 
What will people say if you're an engineer? (laughs) I will be honest, though, when it comes... uh, There is one thing I do think I will be culturally... um, I would want my kids to go to university and get a degree. I would want them. But... Saying that, I wouldn't force them to yeah, do the typical do engineering if you're a man or doctor, lawyer. No, yeah. they can do whatever they want, but do go to uni, please. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's all that matters. For Sarah's future kids. <laughs> uni. Fair enough. Yeah. Overall, when it comes to culture and when it comes to our careers, do you, do you ever combine the two at all? Have you ever come across a time where both of them have just kind of combined or clashed when it comes to I think in terms of people when they approach marriage I think culture and religion becomes a very blurred kind mm. of thing like because your know, culture so says one culture, thing career no in terms of career marriage I yeah. think you know especially marriage I feel like culture and religion become becomes very very blurred and you begin you, be, you begin to enforce culture by using religion texts and I think that's just so like, so then where can we find that point where it's like we can balance our marriage and our career but then you know it's really hard because um, this is going back to the topic we were speaking about earlier you know women at employment you know when women are married or if they have a child I have noticed one thing that um, they're discriminated by the employers oh she's she's married she'll probably go on maternity or she's got a child um, she won't be giving her uh, whole time into educate uh, into the work or anything like that so you know putting that barrier it's 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 hard but um, you know like I said, if you just make sure before you get married, you speak to the family beforehand, you lay out your cards on the table and uh, show them that you you can do the best of both worlds. Come back from work and spend time with the family, spend time with your mother-in-law and, um, you know, just be the best at both worlds and don't do anything that would probably um, upset them. Yeah. Do you want to add anything? I don't have anything to add now. To that, I think it's just finding a good balance between your your culture your marriage to those who are married obviously (laughs) but I think in the future is it ever a fair for you have you ever had that like small okay not fair or that thought that you know once I'm married I'm gonna have to kind of slowly kind of move away from those long working hours or putting my 110% into work um well Yes, if I'm being honest, because obviously as a woman, you, um, you're you expected to have children. You will have to take that break from work and obviously... And the roles and responsibilities. And the roles and the responsibilities, you know, all of that. And then having to come back from work and probably cook for your husband as well. You do... I do think... There is that little fear, but then as long as you have a supportive husband, good employers, and... Um, you can try and balance your work and your personal life. It's fine, even if you have to take a gap year, to stay into education. Because I know a lot of people that have took gap year from universities, but even though they've took gap years, they're still reading every day, researching every day, you know, uh, doing work experience every day. So even if you take a gap year, st- stick to that profes- profes- profession. <laughs> I can't speak yeah. now. And, um, you know, keep, keep uh, focused. So your overall advice? To wrap up, uh, in terms of careers and women, do, what, do what you want to do. Yeah, do, do what, what you do. want to do. Be persistent and be mindful. Um, yeah, do what you want to do. Definitely don't let people influence your uh, career. Don't let people influence your job. And just do what makes you happy. Yeah, overall, stop and move away from that ideology of 
what will people say? What will people think? Come to a compromise, come to, you know, laying your cards out on the table, speak to your parents. I think a lot of people think, oh, the parents are going to say no straight away, so they mm. can't ask or they get scared. Just say it. You never know what will happen. Unfortunately, we're coming to the end of our show. Um, very interesting <laughs> show, I'd say. Thank you, Zarish, for joining us this no week. No problem. Um, please do join us next week, inshallah, on our show, 6 to 7 on Inspire 105.1 FM. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Why not tune in to our live stream at inspirefm.org and follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at InspireFM Luton.